Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Creative Process Podcast with myself, Jared Klein. Um, episode 23, I think, today. Um, so awesome. We obviously do have a guest on today. Um, it's a good friend of mine, an old friend of mine. Well, maybe not. Maybe a year-removed friend. I don't know. I don't know how to phrase that. But um, it's been a while since we've talked, so this is going to be an awesome an awesome time for the both of us. I hope it'll be an awesome time for the viewers as well. But yeah, thank you to the viewers for coming out today. I really appreciate it. Um, hearing the feedback, I know I say this every podcast, but hearing the feedback um, in my in 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 my personal DMs and the podcast Twitter's DMs, which is also down below. Um, it's always awesome. It's always awesome to to hear people that hey, you're doing a great job, or hey, your mic was a little low last week, um, or maybe you should get a better webcam, you know, that type of stuff, <laughs> which I do need to get a better webcam. Um, but that's on the list. But yeah, anyways, Ronan, nice to see you again. Nice to talk to you again. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Awesome. Uh, nice to be here. Yeah. Um, for reference for the people, um, we worked together with a company called Philly Esports. Um, and we worked together for what? Three four months. I, mean, I, I think it was a couple months. Yeah, but uh, it was it was a lot of close work. Mm-hmm. You know? We yeah. we had we had a bunch of meetings. We were going through a period where we needed to reinvent the the sort of graphic showcase of our tournament streams. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of meetings and brainstorming through that. So we go we grew close in the company quite fast. Mm-hmm. But then you you up and left us. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah i did i did up and leave i did i felt bad about it for actually a decent amount of time because everything was going so slow at the start of my new job and i was like dang i could have i should have fucking stayed and because <laughs> and because uh abby she's my wife she's not um she's not the most keen to being farther away from home and where we were we were For like sure. we were like 20 minutes away from her family so i was like that was yeah. hard. So when she was going through that and I was starting to think, well, is it my fault that she's getting homesick? And then, yeah, but I'm looking, yeah, you have to you take know. that into account now that you're a married man. You know? I know. I know. Um, yeah. but looking like now, you know, everything's all right. We're getting into a house. So, so that's good. Everything is, everything is going well. Um, Ronan. So how about you introduce yourself <laughs> for the people, tell people who you are, where you're from, what you do. Um, and then we'll kind of get into everything. For sure, yeah. Um, so I'm a freelance video editor within the esports space. Um, I started off my journey in film. Um, I went to school for film. I studied for four years, and I've now found myself working as a freelancer for um, mainly esports teams now, um, and I'm. I'm loving the process. I work remotely from Cape Town, South Africa. And that's where I was born and raised. Um, sorry, I wasn't born here. I was born in London, but I was raised here. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember London at all, but that's a different topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, it's it's an interesting one for me because I, I don't really meet my clients face-to-face. Um, and I don't really meet the people I work with face-to-face either. I, I mainly speak to them over sort of Slack text messages and video calls every once in a while if a project requires it. But yeah, it's an interesting occupation to have because I'm mostly on my own. Um, but the the work that I do and 
and the product that we have at the end of the day is is the reason I do what I do, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, just working with you for that short amount of time, you produce really, really well-produced stuff. Um, But now, like, seeing your freelance stuff has been like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know Rodin had that in his locker, you know? (laughs) Well, I I guess, like, it wasn't a bash. It was just I feel like the content that you're working on now is different than what you were working on with Philly. So it's like... You know, it's a, it's a completely. I feel like it's a different range of of creative freedom yeah. in a sense. You know, completely. I think. I mean, I think by the time, I mean, when I started Philly Esports, I, I I started working at Philly Esports when I was still a student. Um, last year, I was I was studying my fourth year of my degree, my film degree, and I started this remote job with Philly Esports. And I was very green and I, I didn't have much experience working with clients. And we quickly built up uh, a system of producing videos. And I think, um, you know, it became quite systematic during the year. We, it was, you know, the, the required content was just um, tournament promo videos, recap videos. You know, we had, we had quite a, a, a like rigid approach and, in a creative space that can sometimes not be too great mm-hmm. um so i feel like we maximized the borders on that and i kind of felt like i needed something new and i wasn't i wasn't sort of at the end of my degree i wasn't um i didn't have the connections really to go into making the content that i wanted to make and i've always been a huge esports fan so i wanted to stay in the space mm-hmm. so i kind of just went out on on a bit of a limb and ended up um well actually philly esports ended up closing so i kind of had to move on from that mm-hmm. um and kind of try expand my my content but i i just got really lucky i think um i i eventually found work through um, an esports organization called dignitas they they had me working on a few sort of behind the scenes documentary style videos that they needed done. And I'd never worked with um, documentary style footage before. Um, I'd only ever done sort of narrative filmed pieces with like a script. So I had experience working with um, sort of filmed footage, but this, I kind of took this project on and I knew that this was going to be something different. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's kind of gone from that to gameplay videos as well, sort of in-game comms, um, to sort of infomercials, which was amazing. And then I ended up finding myself in a spot where work kind of dried up for a little bit. And as a freelancer, that does happen often, and it <laughs> can get quite scary. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of I kept going and... Um, sort of kept my faith in God, just like keeping me going. And eventually I uh, found work through uh, through LinkedIn, just networking as a freelancer is just like the best thing you can do. Um, just sending out DMs on LinkedIn and connection requests and just, hey, do you need a freelancer? Hey, I'm available for work. Um, and I connected with a producer at Team Liquid at their offices in um, the Netherlands. 
And he put me in touch with the post-production supervisor of One Up Studios, which is like the sort of production house of Team Liquid. Mm -hmm. And they had me jumping on a video for um, their CSGO team uh, doing their in-game sort of comms from a recent tournament they were at, ESL One Cologne, which they did quite well at. And that was like just that was just a dream video for me because i've been such a huge csgo fan since like 2015 so to work with these guys that i'd looked up to forever it's like just it was insane Mm -hmm. and from then i've just kind of gone from project to project with them they seem to like my stuff and i've i've kept working with them um and to the point where they've kind of become my only client in a sense i still work with dignitas but um it's it's kind of where wherever I can squeeze in a project, um, but yeah, it's just it's been amazing. I mean, even yesterday I wrapped up a project with the CS:GO team, and I I'm still like sort of pinch me like you know I've I've looked up to these guys forever. But yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember us when we worked together. I remember us like in our morning calls like this, or at least morning for me, afternoon for you. Um, mm, yes, the time zones. We'd go on like just talking about video games and shit I, I knew you were like big into cs so then seeing that you started working with dignitas and then seeing that you started working with team liquid i was like hell yeah ronan that shit's that's yeah. awesome i love that well because yeah, it, yeah it's like, something that you enjoy and then all of a sudden you get the opportunity and i mean it, it looks like you've capitalized on it and they're keeping you know they're coming back to you for projects so yeah, good for you, man. That's awesome. It was awesome to see when you like posted that you're now working with these people, and I'm like, hell yeah, that's fucking dope. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a dream. So now, get getting more into the video production side of esports. Um, I think yeah, from a from a viewer sitting from afar, you don't really see video production within the whole realm of esports it's mainly with the top echelon of teams granted because they have the affordability to get a team film you know do all the production work and everything um so in a sense i want to prompt you with this question is video production overlooked within the esports industry like do you think smaller or amateur teams should put more focus on developing video or or shooting video Mm. i guess like what's your stance on that I think, look, 100%, you've got to, you know, at, at the end of the day, the sort of business model is sponsorships. That's how you're going to fund most of your business as an esports team um, or organization. Mm-hmm. And getting more sponsors on board is going to be how many eyes are on your brand. Um, I think one of the best examples of that is um, sort of back in the days Optic Gaming in the Call of Duty scene what they were able to do with their content they were pushing out vlogs every single day from every single one of their players and just Mm. sort of creating that audience and connection between the players and the viewers and that started building up support for their teams and brands Whenever their teams used to go to events, they just overwhelming support. It was like the the whole community supported just the one team, even though there was this whole echelon of teams, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that sort of generated all sorts of views, and then sponsorships want, wanted to get involved in that. 
but it's it's a tough one if you're a small if you're a smaller esports organization because i was actually having this conversation with a buddy of mine who's also south african working in um in the uk he he does like um this sort of trailer he gets a trailer from activision their main client is activision call of duty and they get the trailer and then they change all the um the titles into the different languages mm-hmm. and revamp it for different regions mm-hmm. and we were having a chat about the current scene in south africa in like the organizations here and he actually made a really good point to me because i was just so frustrated with the state of content in our country and it it just for me seems a little bit directionless we've got a bunch of brands here that are really strong in terms of their brand development but when it comes to their content there's not a lot of direction and they don't have it seems the the sort of creative lead to really sort of take charge of all of that they kind of just pop videos randomly here and there without mm-hmm. any sort of purpose mm-hmm. um, and it's just for the content's sake um, and he said to me that it's often because like the teams are just they can't get cameras on their players because there aren't enough tournaments or they're not going to enough tournaments where they are actually significant enough to warrant them spending money on forming their teams, you know? So it's kind of a double-edged sword. You kind of have to invest in it um, to start building that um, that audience. And, and then it kind of does like, you know, then you'll get the sponsorships and you'll get more money. You'll be able to go to bigger tournaments um, and then you'll be able to film it and then get that content out there and then sort of vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I think for South Africa, it's difficult because we don't have a lot of tournaments. But I mean, in the international space, as a smaller team, there are the smaller tournaments that you can go to. So you can at least still go there and get the exposure. But yeah, it's just about sort of taking that step to actually get the content out there. But I mean, the relationship between sort of developing your player profiles is just so brilliant to to sort of build an audience like that's the best way to build an audience mm-hmm. just make your players human mm-hmm. to compare relatable. it to yeah for sure relatable 100 percent. because like i feel like like it's, it's with any other entertainment industry like if you're if you're like a professional player like that is the pinnacle of this entertainment industry right if you're a professional that's the highest level Um, at least that gets, you know, shown to the audience that supports the team, right? Obviously there's, you know, staff and everything above them that controls the organization, but when it comes to entertaining the players or the people that do it, um, so they're automatically held on like this pedestal of you're a pro player, right? Yeah. You're great at what you do, but like people don't see themselves to be able to do what Mm. they do. So they're automatically higher than the viewer so to be able to bring that gap a little bit closer and being able to bring like between the viewer and or between the audience and the player to make the player seem well at least show the players you know personality um more like they're human and not a robot at the game you know it's like the relatability i think there is something that um a lot of teams how can I put this? You only see the bigger teams being able to do this. Um, yeah. The thing within esports, though, I think the hard thing within esports is the fan base. Since there are so many like 
cut and dry. I guess like cut and dry like niche teams. Like you have your cloud, you have your cloud nine, you have your TL, you have um, like let's just go CS. You have your ninjas in pajamas, or do people even call them ninjas in pajamas anymore? Or is it NIP? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean that's the full name, but you know, nope, even you know, even shorter. Yeah. Uh, um. Let's see what else. Astralis. Um. There's probably a handful I'm missing. Um. But yeah, like 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 those teams. I mean, one they have the budget to do it, so they do it. Yeah. But like you with these amateur teams, like it's. Hmm. I think it's tough within esports because it's so, it's in its infancy still, and being able to take yeah, like, the ability to start a team doesn't take that much money, you know, being able to put a team in tournaments and everything. But to get to the level of, you know, Liquid Dignitas, you know, these insane teams, that takes a lot of years of, you know, reputation building, success, to where, like, comparing that to, like, let's just say, let's just say, uh, what would be relatable for us? I mean, you watch cricket, right? Do you watch cricket or rugby? I watch rugby, yeah. I haven't watched cricket too much in the recent years, um, even though South Africa is quite big into it. Okay, let's just you use, watch rugby, though, Jared. I do not watch rugby. No, I don't watch oh. rugby. <laughs> it's not big. It's not big in America. Um, let's just use. Yeah. Let's just use it's growing. like. It's growing. Let's just use like. Let's just use like soccer, for example. So like. Yes, let, everyone knows that. Yeah. So in the Premier League, obviously, I mean, it's mm. it's different. Let's just say in the MLS, right? There's franchise teams. Yeah. To get into the MLS, which this is such an American thing, you have to buy in. Right, you have to buy in. Yeah. I think it's like a fifty million buy-in or something crazy. Franchise spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, automatically, like those teams—they're not amateur teams. They're one hundred percent in the top tier of this league. So they already have backing. So, like, relating it to—I don't know—like relating it to, I guess, traditional sports. This whole, yeah. you know, like well, I think. I think starting is you have to develop a fan base to make this even worth, you know? Yeah. Is that, yeah. I think that's something 100%. like. 100%. I mean, I think I've, I've, something that's just popped into my head now is what's happened with Wrexham. Mm. I mean, with yeah, all yeah. of that stuff. Hey? Mm. They, they, they're not even in the Premier League at all. But now you, you take all of this content and this media attention on them. Mm-hmm. And now look at how much they're exploding. Yes, they've they've got celebrity owners, but I think the documentary that they produced sort of propelled that even further and just capitalized on all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think at the heart of all of it is story. If you're able to get stories out about your players and just create those narratives that people can watch and enjoy and relate to, I think mm-hmm. that's the core element of it is just the stories, you know? capitalizing on where your players have come from um how they got to where they are like even in their pitfalls you know like some of the greatest esports documentaries i've seen again optic gaming is like when they've lost some of their biggest losses you know and just being able to capture those moments of of sadness and in defeat um you know it's 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 brilliant you know you you your audience, it brings your audience closer and they feel a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I think just needs to be invested in. And if done right, can, can really just, it's, it's marketing at the end of the day, you know, it's part of brand marketing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel that a hundred percent. Um, like I think, 
And then, I mean, we keep going in circles, I think, but yeah, it's, it's overlooked in a way. And I think mm-hmm. even if it's like, even if like you're a smaller esports e- team or organization and you find one person to do it all, like it obviously, yeah. I mean, if it's a one person load, you're not going to get the best end product because you don't have a whole production team behind it, but you're still going to be able yeah. to get a chance to show, to shed some light on, you know, on your players, on your personalities of the brand, you know? But I think the luxury of being able to fund a team to go to a tournament or go to these certain things, that's like the next, like that's a big, that's a big step for a lot of amateur teams because it's a lot of, most of the funding is out of pocket and you know, it's Mm. like, they don't have, I mean, you can save for it, but then how, like, then you have to almost bank on your players doing really well. So the organization gets some money back. And then, so you're able to kind of go one tournament to the next, you know, almost like, it's almost like you're living tournament to tournament rather than check to check. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I'm, I could be wrong on this. I've just sort of heard around, like, I'm not too clued up in terms of the actual business model of esports organizations, but mm-hmm. like in terms of tournaments, I think, yeah, the, the, the organization does take a cut of some of the prize money, but I think most of the prize money goes to the players. I mean, depending on your contract, mm-hmm. but I think the majority of income that organizations receive is sponsorships, sponsorships. I think, mm-hmm. and, and partnerships and, and investments, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Esports is one of those things where I think the gap, like the amount of amateur teams compared to the amount of pro teams is insane. Yeah. The gap yeah. to get from amateur to professional is is getting. I think it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But also, it's like yeah. I also think esports is opening up as a space to where people see that it's a viable, you know, viable space to invest into, and there's growth happening constantly within the space. So, who knows? Maybe that gap can get closer, and more teams will be will be able to pop up and be like, "Hey, now I'm a franchised Valorant team." All of a sudden, you know. Granted, yeah. I don't know how that structure works. It probably doesn't even doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, any... I think that's that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet I bet it doesn't work anything like American sports work. But um, yeah, who knows? Um, so yeah, going back to like your projects and everything. Um, so when you get contacted for a project, let's say by Team Liquid, I don't know if you can you know directly talk about things. So I won't I won't structure the question this way. Um. When you get into, yeah, I don't know contract things. I don't, I don't want to get you. No, into... it's fine. Any, uh, anything that's been released is like, you know, in terms of the creative process, I can talk about. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um. So yeah, when you when you get a project or a brief from you know the people that you're working with, um, does it have, does it have like have you worked with something that always has the direction and they just give it to you and be like execute, or have you ever had to like develop the direction? Um, look, I mean, I think in the position, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I'm working with people that there is enough budget to fund enough people in these different positions, you know, like when we were at Philly Esports, it was a startup, you know, we were kind of juggling 20 different roles at once. Mm. I was just an editor, but I was running the schedule for the videos. I was producing all the videos and you know, all of all of these different jobs you take on board. So I'm lucky enough to now be in a position where there are people in those spots that 
develop those videos. So mm-hmm. most of the time, I'm just on the back end. Um, I I'll get contacted by the post production supervisor or coordinate coordinator, mm-hmm. and they will tell me, look, we've got this project. Here's the budget. This is when we need it by, and um, this is what we'll provide you with footage, graphics, anything like that. We'll say this is what we need you to create. Um, this is a reference video for what we're looking at. Um, and this will all have been developed by one of their producers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I'll get added to a group with um, those two post-production guys and the producer and sometimes another editor that's just supervising as well. And um, yeah, it's all pretty much developed for me. I'm just kind of coming on the back end of it and um, just executing from there. But I mean, from... Like as much as the creative process has already like been developed mm-hmm. during the edits, if I've got any ideas like that just come to me, I can pop that in the edits and and throw it up for review. And if they like it, then it sticks. If they don't, we we redo. Mm-hmm. You know. So there is some wiggle room, um, and. You know, I'm not on like the strict sort of get this and this because, you know, an editor is not, it's, we're not just button pushes, you know, mm-hmm. we know our software, but we also, we have creative input as well. And we've, we've got these problem solving techniques as well. A good editor that I guess has been to school and, and knows their discipline, knows what value they can add to a project. Mm-hmm. And um, so utilize that, I think. But it, it, it does get utilized sometimes with me, which is nice. But we do kind of have to, you know, we have to hit the mark. We Sometimes it's for like, um, often it's it's been like for Alienware or for HyperX or something like that. And it needs to have, you need to have that like logo shot right there, mm-hmm. you know. But in terms of story and, and fun, like little edit stuff, there's been a lot of stuff that I've been able to sort of play around with, which has been really fun and and motivating for me. I mean, the the guys at Team Liquid are are amazing, and and they're so supportive and so encouraging. So they 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 really create an environment where it's easy to to enjoy your work. Have you been able to be in on conversations where they talk about like strategy and like when it comes to like their content, or are you just kind of they just come to you for you know the finishing and they just supply all the you know, this is what, you know, like kind of what you just talked, like, have you ever been in our meetings like that? Yeah, I haven't actually, um, I haven't had too much FaceTime with, um, with the guys. It's, it's such a busy environment that they're in as well. I mean, they've mm-hmm. got offices in the Netherlands and in the U S so they kind of operating 24 seven. Mm-hmm. So a lot of their guys are super busy all the time. I was able to get on a video call with one of the producers for, um, a project we were doing that was more of like, like I've done, so I've done a lot of different kind of videos for them. I've, I've not done like one video that's the same. Like I've never done two videos that are exactly the same where I've done like CSGO comms. Okay. Here's the next one. It's just been such different content. So a lot of the time it's been gameplay stuff, but now I was able to, to work on a project where there was an, an actual budget for production. There was stuff shots, um, so I was working with a producer where I was getting footage and it kind of, it had a narrative brief and almost like a script. So I needed to have a video call with him because just typing a brief and just going back and forth with questions just didn't sort of, 
it would have been better for like a video call that's flowing. Mm -hmm. So I was able to jump on a video call for that. But most of the time, it's kind of just through text, like through instant messaging on Slack and whatnot. And yeah, most of the time they just bring me the project. It's already been developed. I'm not really involved in any of the sort of marketing strategic side. That's mainly for like the producers Mm -hmm. and for like the social media managers and, Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because I'm a graphics guy, um, do you ever have to take into account their like their visual brand? You know, or do they? Oh, all the time. Okay. Yeah. So, all like, the time. your your freedom stems in. Maybe you can, you know, maybe you can add a little, you know, a little wrinkle here and there. But do they have pretty good structure when it comes to their visual side of things? Yeah. I mean, it's it's I. Personally, I prefer having all of that developed already. Mm -hmm. I, as an editor, I prefer to just focus on like cutting stuff. I enjoy working with graphics and and motion graphics and that, but my, my bread and butter is like the edit. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, they, they, they are a brand and, and they've got all of these assets like developed as well. Like the asset libraries are really cool. Um, and they've got stuff for like lower thirds for name tags that's already been developed um and and all of those sort of cool sorts of things so i'm i'm kind of just getting that and then just like editing the text or or something like that or slapping a logo like over there and mm-hmm. whatnot so it's 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 pretty pre-built already mm-hmm. for sure yeah. so i guess in your experience so far um as a freelancer what has been your favorite part about working within esports as as a video editor well, um I have Probably. a pig, I have a piggyback question off of this as well. You want to say now? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think just like the wide variety of content that I've been able to work on. You know, like I said, I I haven't worked on one video that's been the same, um, especially at Team Liquid. Um. But it's just it's it's been it's it's been awesome. Like it challenges me, it grows me to to take on a project where I I accept the brief, but sometimes I'm going like, how the hell am I going to do this? And then getting through that process of not knowing what the hell you're doing, and then actually coming out on top with something pretty decent, mm-hmm. it grows you and it 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 it, it grows your strengths and and your confidence as well. Mm-hmm. so i just enjoy the wide variety and then also of course is like working with guys that i've looked up to for so long and working with a brand that's like though like just unbelievable to me like the first time i got um because the time zone's like kind of hectic for me i i got put on my first project for team liquid when it was like 11 p.m at night the the um post-production supervisor invited me to the slack and I was like loading up the Team Liquid logo on my Slack screen and it was like 11 p.m. And I, and I was supposed to go to bed and then work on the project in the next morning. I went to bed and I didn't sleep a wink that night. I was just like, what is going on? You know? <laughs> so just working with the brands and the community and just the players, it's like, it's a dream come true. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So my piggyback question is, what yeah. is your, where do you see yourself going in your career? Like, what are your goals here? Um, in esports, I guess if you want to solidify it to esports, sure. I know you have other like film goals, probably. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I I've I've kind of learned this year, like, I 
having a plan and expecting everything to go according to plan <laughs> is just like you're just gonna make yourself anxious you know mm-hmm. I I started the year leaving Philly Esports not knowing where the hell I was going, especially as a freelancer. And so, I mean, I've 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 got goals and plans, but I mean, those change literally within like months, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I wanna I wanna have like my own production company one day, but that's like maybe a decade away, you know. Um, I wanna be able to produce like south african stories because i feel like south african has south africa has so many good stories to tell and hollywood especially is like running out of ideas everything's just getting revamped now and um yeah so i want to maybe like get involved in that and have something sort of concrete here in south africa Mm. i'm quite passionate about this country and and this place so i really want to be more involved in that but yeah that's that's along the way down the line Within esports, um, I kind of don't really have any goals or ambitions. I kind of I wanted to work with a top team, and I'm sort of doing that with Team Liquid. So I'm kind of just taking a project to project as it comes. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just I just want to get more involved, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and work on some fun projects. I mean, it would be an absolute dream to be able to like travel to an event and work on something because as an editor, it's like a double-edged sword. Like I can be here in South Africa and Cape Town and work for these companies that are internationally based mm-hmm. and I don't have to do, get off my chair, you know, and I can have a whole life here as well as working for these companies. But at the same time, it's exciting to travel to events and and do all of those things. But yeah, I guess in, in, in balance, like an editor doesn't need to go overseas. They send me footage here and I can just stay here. But mm-hmm. if there is the, is the need for it, like that would, that would just be amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry if that was a bit open-ended, but you no, know, it's, kind of just taking it as it comes. Yeah. I, I like, I like different direction on like people looking at, you know, the future. I think within, within the esports space, especially within the freelance space, like having mm-hmm. that, you know, let's say like five years down the road goal, you know, this, you can have something to look forward to, but it's like, you know, like you said, things can happen like this. Yeah. Just be open to change and be flexible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's part of it. Like, that's part of why I like getting into freelance too. It's like, you know, you never really know what to expect, but then again, you can, you know, if you have a dry month, all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, how am I going to pay rent and bills? You know, sometimes it's like that, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's that, fun. It's fun to be in between projects and you're chilling on the beach on a Wednesday afternoon. But when you're without work for like nearly a month, you're like, "What the hell am I gonna do?" You know, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. still on this beach, but what am I gonna do about my house? <laughs> you know? Maybe you're staying on that beach, bro. <laughs> mm. exactly. exactly. Oh my goodness. Well, Ronan, I mean, it was awesome, awesome talking about video. We've never. At least on this podcast, I've never had someone on that has been primary like video editor within the esports space. So, um, a different a different realm of things, a different realm of you know a look into yeah. the creative process in a sense. You know, um, nice branding. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> and um, and uh, and it's it's been good. I think I think the viewers that are interested in this side of you know the whole brand development and and marketing development of the industry that is esports, you know, this whole side of things is 
is good to shed the light on because I think it gets overlooked. Um, I talked about it a little bit last week when we had a thumbnail designer on. His name was Ben Sparrow. We talked about you know content creation and how much thumbnail and video editing kind of work hand in hand to develop the best product yeah. for you know for something on YouTube. Um, so we talked about it a little bit, but then I was like, oh, this is going to go perfect into what Ronan and I are going to talk about. Um, so, yeah, awesome. It was awesome having you on. It was awesome catching up. Um, I'm sure we're probably going to catch up after this too anyways, but um, sure, yeah. it's been awesome been awesome having you on and talking about you know the craft and everything. Um, for the viewers, go down below. All of Ronan's links will be down below um, if you want to go check him out. Um, I think his Twitter and his portfolio will be down below. So, yeah, go, go look at Ronan's work. Um, and everything connect with him if you have questions i'm sure he'll be happy to answer those questions yeah, for you yeah 100% i mean when i was when i was first starting out i was connecting and messaging all the the big editors in the space and just nagging people probably <laughs> thought i was the most irritating person in the world asking all these questions but i mean that's how you start and that's how you learn more so mm-hmm. my dms are open pop me a message if you have any questions and i'm happy to answer them for sure all right well Thank you for coming out to episode 23, everyone. Um, And as always, make sure you tell someone that you love them today. All right. We will see you next week in episode 24. Take it easy.